0: Welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month. There is one man in Texas that has masterminded some of the most influential marketing campaigns in recent history, including all of the Southwest airline ads for the past 30 years and the landmark Don't Mess With Texas campaign, to name just a few. His name, Roy Spence. For the first time in dentistry, He shares his message about building a business with a powerful, compelling proposition that the market simply can't ignore. At the Crown Council annual event, all of us benefited from his decades of successful experience and what was most certainly one of the most meaningful messages and challenges ever presented to the Crown Council membership. Enjoy now as he presents, It's not what you sell, it's what you stand for why every extraordinary business is driven by purpose.
1: So it's great to be here, by the way. Um, I normally don't do like industry summits or conventions because most of them are like boring. You know what I'm talking about. After 40 years of whatever, same music. Uh, In fact, it, it got so boring that I used to recommend people to say, look, if you're ever really sick, go to one of these deals and you only have a couple of days to live, it'll seem a lot longer. But you know what happened? This one's different. First of all, you drink a lot. And I noticed that last night as a researcher. Second, you have Walter Haley's DNA in you. And Steve, Greg, continued that DNA. That man mentored me when I was 28 years old. And I got called out of the cold blue, and they mentioned the first time he, you got on the phone, I want to give you a name that you hadn't heard in a long time, Walter Haley. And so, it's wonderful to be here. Uh, I actually get, I have no notes, by the way, and no teleprompters, so I'm live, and you can't stop me. <laughs> which is really awesome to think about. I really kind of, I always get fascinated with the histories of, Industries because I'm a student of it. Where did the first beer be sold? Where was the first motel? Where was the first? And dentistry probably has more uh, long-term history. I'm not going to go like through every century here, but I was interested that it, the first kind of exploration was in 7,000 BC when they found this piece of equipment called a bow drill. You know what I'm talking about? It was the first weapon and actually used into a dental tool. And then the one I really liked was 5000 B.C., when they decided that the reason teeth got decayed was not the tooth fairy, but the tooth worm. Y'all hear about that? I kind of I like that thought, where you, know, you get worms in your mouth and whatever. And then, of course, the French targeted sugar, 1840, first dentistry uh, college in Baltimore. 1905, Novocaine, love that. Um, (laughs) You know, like 1925, uh, fluoride, then the first uh, toothbrush, kind of not quite like yours, but in 1938. And then, of course, when the 60s came, it was sort of a renaissance of dentistry. So, um, and it's still changing. So today what I'd want to do is spend a little time with you on a conversation about how to trump chaos. And i got to tell you, I never knew this until I got on this trail of purpose. And the chaos is not about technology so much, but every industry, including yours, obviously is going through stuff. Nothing like our stuff with the affordable health care bill, chaos in the marketplace, whether you're for it or against it. The corporate dentistry, which I've seen in other industries, is hitting everyone. And by the way, what you haven't really seen yet is the millennial chaos. The largest generation of awesome people coming into this marketplace, just like the boomers did, they're going to create massive chaos. So here's what I now know. The only thing that Trump's the power of chaos is the power of purpose. George Bernard Shaw, who, by the way, was completely insane, is one of my favorite poets. And he said this The real joy of life is to be used by a purpose that you yourself deem is a mighty one. Instead of a feverish little ball of ailments always complaining, that the world is not spending its entire life trying to make you happy. You give a person good health and a course to steer, and you won't have time to think about whether you're happy or not. I'm in the course to steer business, so we're going to talk about the power of purpose in your industry. But first, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about the purpose of life. That's a pretty opinion-rich kind of topic. And when I go into that kind of stuff, I normally defer to Aristotle, my bro, Because I could actually understand what he talked about. He was a student of Plato. Let me tell you what he said the purpose of life was. To spend your life with a goal of doing good. To spend your life with a goal of doing good. Since he's not here, I thought I'd give you my spin on it. So here's what I think. and here's what I've learned through this journey I think the purpose of life is playing to your strengths in the service of the greater good you know God has a big job here he made us all different and all of us have different strengths and different ways of looking at it but let me give you an example I was 13 years old Brownwood Texas anybody from Brownwood? whatever so a little town about hundred forty miles from here and uh, my mom was a school teacher she taught me by the way um, she told me she called me Royito, little Roy, but she said now you, you know this, Don't when, you, when you're in my class you don't call me mom and you don't sell my test I'm an entrepreneur, come on let's get over it I didn't call her mom but I made a fortune, fifty bucks one year no, anyway so I was studying in the 8th grade, Emerson, who is one of my favorite, and I turned in the test. Remember when you used to do cursive? I turned in one of those tests, and it came back, and I had nine misspelled words. Nine. The whole place was red. I got a C. C's were not, like, celebrated in the Spence home. And Mom didn't say anything. So next year, Mrs. Levesey was my teacher. You remember, I remembered her name. We were studying Emerson again, and I told my mother, I said, I cannot take the test again, because I'm gonna, you know, she said, just do the best you can. So I turned it in, and I had 11 misspelled words. 11. And at the top of the paper was a small A minus. I go home, and I put these two papers in front of my mom, and I said, I don't get it. And she said, you can't spell. But she said, you can write. So at 14 years old, like that young man on that video, at 14, my mother cut a grand bargain with me. She said, I want you to try in school, but when you get out of school, I don't want you to spend another second of your life trying to be average at what you're bad at. I want you to spend your entire life trying to be great at what you're good at. Pause, pause. You can hire a speller. I was writing a a speech for Bill Clinton this morning on the Clinton Global Initiative, and I put initiative into spell check, and it said, no suggestion. (laughs) No shit. That's how bad I am. (laughs) Raise your hand if you have kids. Got kids, got it. Listen, I love the airman here. We represent the Air Force. Don't ask your kids what they want to do, please. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want you to get away from me. <laughs> Basically. You know what you need to ask them? What do you love to do? I was at oh, Tulane. I had a speech about four months ago. I was fabulous. and. <laughs> These two people came up to me, woman, daughter, afterwards. She just graduated, and she said, God, your speech is great, Roy, da-da-da-da-da, but, you know, my daughter, and there's no jobs. And, you, and Finally, I said, stop it. What's your daughter's name? Hey, Melissa, I'm Roy. She, I said, I want to ask you something that you probably have never been asked. What do you love to do? And she looked at her mom and looked back at me, and she was supposed to say, like, accounting. Because they'd like drop 300 grand on it, and she looks me straight in the eye and she says, "I like to play the piano. I love to play the piano." And my best years of my life, the best years of my life, was when I was teaching piano for the grade school' kids, and they paid me for it. She opened up Melissa's piano studio two and a half weeks ago in New Orleans. You can make a living doing what you love to do. You can make a life playing to your strength. So as we walk through this, I want to talk just a little bit about you know, the purpose of life, playing to your strength, doing what you love to do in the service of the greater good. While we're at it, let me just drop in a thought about the purpose of America, which is also fairly opinion-rich. In 970, Leif Erickson discovered America. He was an explorer. 500 years later, Christopher Columbus rediscovered America. He was an entrepreneur. He conned the queen of Spain. Hey, I've got an idea for this startup. I'm going to like sail west and end up east or whatever the way that is. He was looking for commerce and trade and he put a stake in ground of this country, America, and it was about this. It doesn't matter where you come from or what your mom or dad do or what class you're in. If you're willing to dream big, and work hard, you can build something here in this country. Disney said it the best. He said, "I started with a big dream and a little mouse." Y'all did too. You're entrepreneurs. You're not dentists. You're not operators. You build your own business. You've dreamed it. You build it. You work it. You're part of it. It's the miracle of this country. I'm gonna say one thing political. Don't yell at me. You can't stop me. It's okay. I'm live. Our politicians need to stop building the partisan ships of special interests and start need to be building the ship of state, flying the American Dream flag. That's what we need to be doing. Don't build the partisan ships. Here's the language in Washington: Hey, let's fall off the fiscal cliff. Awesome. We like to climb mountains and ride motorcycles. The government shutdowns. We're interested in startups. Here's the statistic, 1985, 2005, 40 million jobs created in this country, 40 million, 95% with companies less than five years old. If you want to get America moving again, unleash us, unleash us. We want to dream and we want to build and we want to do it together. This is a statistic that I'm on a mission to change because I'm starting a program called Dream It, Build It. I'm going to get a million new businesses started and mentored. Here it is, I am. And I'll give some the your smile program when we do it, part of the deal. But here's the deal. 2008 was the first year in American history since we've been recording it. Gallup tracks this stuff. First time in 30 years that business failures went over business starts. That trend has got to stop. We must unleash the young people and the young at heart to dream and build stuff. So, here's kind of what I did. I was about to come over here and I remember this video and it moves me. So I want to play this because this is what entrepreneurs do. This is what y'all are doing every day. So, if we could play that first video you. Mm-hmm. Pretty special. Um, I'm such an entrepreneur. My daddy grew up in Eagle Pass, Texas. He spoke Spanish before English. His name was Roy. He called me Royito, little Roy. He lived to be 95 years old. And three years ago, when he passed away, I did this. Let's put up the next slide, please. I started my own hot sauce company. Okay? And my dad taught me three things be kind to everybody you meet simplify your life. I screwed that up. And don't do mild in anything. <laughs> so I started this for him on the back of my jar. The purpose is, my purpose with this sauce, and by the way, you can get it at Whole Foods. Okay, we're going to get it off of it. Anyway, uh, it's awesome. My purpose on the back of the jar says the following. My purpose is to inspire people to don't do mild in life. Follow your purpose and your passion. And then I not only did that, but the next side, please. I built me an Airstream. (laughs) Yes, there's envy out there, isn't there? There is envy. You know why? Everybody wants to be this. So I took a 1973 Airstream from a billion-dollar ad agency to trailer trash. I'm climbing down the corporate ladder for one reason, for one reason, to inspire the young that you can dream this, you can build this. It's the beauty of America. Okay, we can take that down. By the way, it's at ACL if you want to come by my trailer. Okay, here's my journey. It's real quick, and then we're going to get in the meat of the matter. I went to the University of Texas. I bet three of you, whatever. Uh, And uh, I met three people, and we started a business in 1970 before you were born at the University of Texas. We graduated, I think, and we decided, what the hell are we going to do? And one of our people said, well, um, why don't we go into advertising? And I went, great, what, what, like, what is that? So I went down to the bank, had a brand-new tie dye T-shirt, my ponytail was looking awesome. <laughs> went to City National Bank. There was a loan officer named John Oliver. I went and sat down, and he said, do you have an appointment? I said, no, but you're not busy. They never are. Have you noticed that? Anyway, I didn't know. He said, "So what do you need?" And I said, "Well, I need five thousand dollars to start my our business." And he said, "What's your business plan?" Went well. Um, we, want, we like want to stay together, and uh, stay in Austin, and make some money. That's it's written down. That's the business plan. By making a difference, by the way. So he loaned us the five grand. And I paid it back last week. So, but the purpose of this story is 15 years ago, I was at a reception and a guy walks up to me in Austin and said, do you see that gentleman over there with the cane sitting down talking to everybody? Do you know who he is? And I went, yes, sir. It's Robert Sneed, a lawyer in town that was my mentor in college. He said, you remember that $5,000 you borrowed 25 years ago, and I went like yesterday? And he said that you know that he co-signed that note and never told you because he wanted you to believe that you got it on your own. How hard is this? you get help? you help somebody else? That's the purpose of why we're here. Someone helps you, you help somebody else. I was 28 years old, and Herb Kelleher at Southwest Airlines had 28 airplanes, and he hired me in our company. I'd never flown. It was no, don't ask, don't tell. I, he didn't ask me, I didn't tell him. I'd never flown in an airplane 35 years later. Herb taught me so much number one, like how to drink and smoke on the job. He's like the best at it. I, I introduced him to the the National Hall of Fame of Advertising in New York, 10,000 people two years ago. First CEO to ever get nominated and elected on the first ballot for advertising. And I said, hell, I didn't even know Herb drank until one day he came into a meeting sober. <laughs> you know what he did, though? Oh, my Around my neck is a symbol of every religion in the world. You know why? Every religion has a version of the golden rule. Herb Kelleher built a love culture, treating people like you want to be treated. I got next year. I was 29 years old. I get a collect call from Sam Walton. Collect call. My assistant Karen answered the phone. She said, "Roy, I'm 29." There's a collect call from Sam Walton. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, it's my dad, whatever. Hello. And he says, Oh, Roy, because he liked me because his dog food is named Oh, Roy. Oh, Roy, I really, really like what you're doing for her. We're, we don't have any, any stores in the urban areas. Will you come help? Will you come to Bentonville? So I went, and y'all, I mean, I was y- y- hung up, getting on an airplane. You know, I had one of those big briefcases, you remember? We used to, with nothing in it. And so I flew from Austin to Dallas, Dallas to Fort Smith, Fort Smith to Fayetteville, rented a car and went through Hawkeye and Tonky Town or whatever, got to Bentonville, Arkansas, and I am terrified. I'm 29, and I'm at... So Sam's sitting right where you are, and he had David Glass and some other folks, and he like, oh, Roy, so glad you're here, but, uh, like, where's the rest of your staff? I had the briefcase in front of my legs. and I was frozen. And finally, I said, well, you know, Mr. Sam, there's an old saying in Texas, one riot, one ranger. What kind of problem you got? I was trying to pull the words back. One riot, one ranger, what kind of problem do you have? he falls off the chair and puts his arm around me and he said, oh, Roy, you're going to ride with me. (laughs) 17 years. And I got blessed, Norman Brinker, all of these amazing entrepreneurs that had a purpose beyond just making money that really wanted to improve people's lives. And this journey of purpose that I was on, I got lucky. One final story before we get to this purpose group. I told my wife of 37 years that if we ever got kids and had kids, I'd never miss one of their birthdays. Well, of course you don't. But we only have one client in Austin. It's kind of sad that the people who know me the best, you know, don't hire me. But (laughs) we're we're working through that. Um, DreamWorks, Air Force, you know, all of these amazing, John Deere, all these amazing purpose-inspired brands But so they don't call me up and say, hey, can you come out to California Thursday? Is Thursday one of your kids' birthdays? Two daughters got it done, didn't miss them. My son turns 15. His name is Shay. I get called out on an emergency. And about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I realize I'm going to miss his birthday. So I asked these two gentlemen to do something for me because I was working with them. And I'm going to play this video, if you don't mind, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm playing it. Shay, the first time I met your dad, he wasn't much older than you are now. I want to wish you a happy
0: 15th birthday and say I hope you look as good at 56 as he does. And I hope you're a whole lot smarter. Shay, there's the old guy here. My kid did all right. Uh, president of the United States. And the dad liked this. You got obstacles. We all know that. But I think you're going to make it. We've heard wonderful things about you. Happy birthday.
1: got home at 2 till midnight and gave this to my son. These two gentlemen had not spoken to each other in five years. And a tsunami hit 2,000 miles away in a country we'd never heard of as ordinary citizens. Bill had just had, President Clinton had just had quadruple bypass surgery. I got him down to the library in Little Rock and they cut this Remember, they hadn't talked to each other in five years, and they raised $2 billion in 10 days. That's what purpose looks like. That's what purpose looks like. Two people coming together to solve big problems. When Katrina hit, got them together, Papa Bush, who I adore, and Bill Clinton, who's a great friend. When Ike hit, Papa Bush asked Bill Clinton to come to Houston and Galveston and we raised money there. When the Haiti horrible thing happened, earthquake in Haiti, I got W and Clinton together. I'm like the e-harmony for politicians. <laughs> but you know, this is again, when you don't have a mighty purpose, when you don't have something to fight for, you fight against one another. This is why purpose is so important. By the way, you don't get any big stuff done on common ground. You get big stuff done on higher ground. I've learned this on my journey. So when we're looking at us, and I call us us now. I've studied you so much. By the way, you're not an organization. I think you're a tribe. No, really. That's a compliment. This tribe here. Hell, we go riding motorcycles together we have rituals together, we break bread together. This is a good tribe. So, I got to thinking that, you know, there's a big talk about, you know, the, the small, the independent, the traditional dentist, the entrepreneurs are under siege, and you know, maybe your days are over. I've got two things to tell them. They've never met you and they've never read The Art of War, which I'm a practitioner of. The Art of War is the best marketing book that was ever produced 3,000 years ago by Tzu. It talks about strategies. He is so misunderstood because The Art of War is about never fighting, positioning yourself so powerfully that you never fight. Here's the two things to think about. The best marketers in the world and the best generals in the world know three things. They know thy enemy, competition. They know thyself. And they know thy customer better than anybody else. Know your competition. Know yourself. Know your customer better than anybody else. So here it is. The competition in the corporate dentistry, basically, I'm not anti-anything. It's the way it is. They're big. They got money. They got footprint. They got standardization and it's happening in every other industry out there. Our perceived weakness is we're local, we're entrepreneurs, we're customized, we're, you know, independent, and we're a little bit crazy as a tribe. So here's what he said. Make their strength a weakness, and make your weakness a strength. So here we go, Okay. I wrote your purpose last night, actually at 3 this morning. Not for your individual group, but for the tribe. I got no approval because I didn't need it. And you didn't give me shit. So so I'm going to give you what I think the purpose of this tribe is. You want to hear it? And it may not be. But here's what I think. When we're at our best, by the way, before I get there, Let me give you three or four purpose statements. You remember when all these consultants made millions of dollars about mission and vision and and you put it on the back of your card and you don't remember it? That's not what purpose is. Aristotle said it the best. Follow me here. Where your talents and the needs of the world intersect, therein lies your purpose. Where your talents and the needs of the world intersect, therein lies your vocation. Southwest Airlines, our purpose is to give people the freedom to fly. When we're at our best, our purpose at Apple is to make beautiful things for the mind that enhances humankind. When we're at our best at Google, this is a good one. We organize all the information that ever ever was and ever will be, and we make it accessible to all people for all time. We got through G- GE Aviation. Our Purpose Institute does work for, we walked in, G- GE Aviation, they build jet engines. I was making a speech to 7,000 engineers, and they really thought I was from Mars. They were doing this all the time with their little stuff. Finally I stopped and I said, hi, you really don't care what I'm talking about, do you? And they went, no. They did. I said, well, I would like to ask you, who, what do you think, your founders' purpose of GE, what do you think your founders thought the purpose of GE was? And I said, by the way, it wasn't Jack Welch, it was a guy named Thomas Edison. Anyway, we got through the whole purpose project, here's GE's purpose. We don't build jet engines. We invent the future flight that lifts people up and brings them home safely. That is now worldwide in their organization. So I thought this about this tribe. When we're at our best, when we are at our best, we care deeply and improve the lives and well being of everyone we are blessed to help. When we're at our best, we care deeply and improve the lives and well being of everyone we're blessed to help, helping them feel good and look good. That's good, isn't it? That's what, when we're at our best, do you think the corporate dentist can say that about them? When we're at our best, we care deeply, and we improve the lives and well-being of everyone we're blessed to help? Helping them feel and look good. Not saying that's it, but here's what the art of war would teach us. Make us local a strength. Make us independent a strength. Make our caring a strength. And be the best in the world at it. So here's a thought. Let's ladder up from dentistry to well-being and everybody we do business with. Let's ladder up from just being in the dentistry business to the well-being business. Here's how you do that. I just wrote a new book called The Ten Essential Hugs of Life. It was endorsed by the love cultures. Container Store, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, Build-A-Bear. I love that company. You have grandkids? It's so much fun. I'm not too too young. But uh, Southwest (laughs) Airlines, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, Build-A-Bear. Because the future of business, you can just take this to the bank, The future of business is love cultures. Now how, what is that? It's pretty simple. First, you love why you exist. I love the fact that every day when we're at our best, we care deeply and improve lives and the well-being of everyone we help. I love that. You love what you do, you you love whom you do it with, and you love the impact you have on other people's lives. Outside, and this is what, our competition. By the way, the number one marketing question that has to be answered, what do we have that the customer wants that the competition can't or won't provide? Let me repeat this. This is a tough one. What do we have that our patients want or our customers want that the competition can't or won't provide? In this industry, I think at some point, if we go from dentist to confidant, From dentistry to well-being, we're going to offer something they can't even talk about, and that is personal love for our people that work in our office and personal love for our patients who walk in the door. They can't get there. I'd like to have two or three entrepreneurs take this challenge. You don't have to raise your hand, but I'd like for you to think about it. There is a book called The Five Essential Elements of Well-Being. It's written by Rath and I think Harder from the Gallup organization. They went to 150 countries and they studied well-being. They found five areas that you wake up with every day and I do too. And by the way, if you buy the book, you take the test. And I take it all the time, the well-being test. Number one, well-being on your career, your life, your profession. Do you love what you do? Second, well-being on... Your social lifestyle in terms of do you love people? Do you have people in your life who love you? Number three, your financial well-being. Number four, your um, physical well-being. And number five, your community well-being. Are you connected to your community? I take the test all the time, and I just look at it. And every time I'm not feeling good about myself, one of my things are out of sync. If y'all would give me two or three entrepreneurs in this room who'd say, I'll go do that and take it myself, maybe even your staff, you don't have to share it with anybody. But here's what would happen. Our competitors in the corporate world cannot be in the well-being business. They have to be in the financial business, the footprint business. We can beat them there. Whenever a patient walks into our our place of, of work, you will know they're coming in, not just to get their mouth fixed, but you're gonna realize they've got something else they gotta fix, whether you know it or not. And you know what that leads to? Empathy. Empathy. Be kind to everybody. Our competitors can't be in the empathy business. Use our strength. So, why do you need purpose? It drives decisions. Give example. Last year, year and a half ago, Consultants walk into Southwest Airlines. You remember our purpose is to give people the freedom to fly. And they said, you can throw $350 million to the bottom line by flipping a switch. And the CEO went, wow. Because, you know, Sam Walton used to say $350 million here and $350 million there. It kind of adds up to real money. (laughs) And they said, all you have to do is charge for bags. Everybody's doing it. And we said, well, you can do that, sir, but, you know, we're in the business to give people the freedom to fly. And if you charge for bags, which I understand, $350 million is a lot of money, we're going to violate the purpose of the organization, which I understand, but because you're going to cut a lot of people who are going to take their kids to Disney who can't get into the Disney because they had to pay $100 for the bag. So Gary Kelly stood up and said, we're not charging for bags. Y'all go find the money. I hate that when that happens. So here's what we did, if we could put up that slide. By the way, how hard is this? They pay me a lot of money to do this. How hard is that? You know the red symbolizes aggression or whatever. Uh, okay, let's play the commercial.
0: Bye, bags! We love you! We love you! Leave I'm going to miss them so much. Oh, I love those bags. I love bags. Bags of my life. Bags of my life. It's right here, doesn't it? That's right.
1: Okay, so anybody see the movie uh, King Speech? King's Speech? CEOs, CFOs tend to stutter when they have to say they're wrong. Have you noticed that? Marketing people, we don't care, whatever. Uh, CFO walks into uh, (laughs) the meeting and he said, I was wrong. He said, since we started Bags Fly Free in 12 months, we've generated almost a billion one in new revenue charging for free. You know, when Al Gore and I invented the internet, something really, really interesting happened. You know what it is? They know everything about us. When the millennials come into the marketplace, the millennials want to do business with people and companies that stand for something. That have purpose and values in their life. We have a perfect chance to seize that opportunity. Okay. We're going to be wrapping up pretty soon, but I want to show you what purpose looks like in my business. I don't know what purpose looks like in your offices, but here's what it looks like in my business. I'm going to play you uh, about three pro bono spots. That means they're free, and that's not a good business model. But we let our people tithe their talent at our company. The first one is I'm an American. We represent the Air Force, 9-11, Then there up in D.C. area, and uh, we're trying to get back. And I said, i got to do something like we all did. And I said, in the process of striking our enemies, I don't want to strike one of our own because we look different or sound different. I got directors all over the country to donate their time, and we did I'm American, which ran more than any PSA out there. So this is what purpose looks like in our business.
0: I am an American I'm an American I am an American. I'm an American. I am 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 an I am an American. 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 I'm an American. I am an American. I. 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 I am an American. I am an American. I am an American. I am American. I am America. I'm an American. I'm an American. I am an American. I am an American. I am an American. I'm an American. I am an American. I am an American. babies don't mess with texas don't let them throw cans from them old pickup trucks don't let them throw bottles and papers and such mamas tell all your babies don't mess with texas keep your trash off the roads and she's a fine yellow rose treat texas like someone you love you're used to always doing something with a cigarette, it can be hard doing it without one. But if you can learn how to drink coffee without cigarettes, then you can learn to do a lot of things without cigarettes. Hello, 911. Someone's trying to break into my house. Sorry, ma'am. Our local community college had its budget cut, so we're a little short on police at the moment. What? Yeah, do you happen to have a rolling pin or a golf club? Uh, no. Do you know any kicks or pressure holds? How about jujitsu? Jujitsu? Less support for higher education means fewer trained police. Eighty-three percent of first responders are trained in community colleges. Are you limber? Can you run? America's colleges and universities. We teach the people who solve the problems and change the world.
1: Are you limber? Can you run? (laughs) Purpose does not have to be heavy. It has to be authentic. It has to make... When I know my purpose is to help others fulfill theirs, that's what I get to do every day. And you know what I found out? Even when I was in the advertising and marketing, when I spent all my time there, I don't anymore, I spent a lot of time at the Purpose Institute that we formed. When you have purpose in your life, you all know this. You never have a job, you just have work to do. Gandhi got it right. He got it right. Whenever you get stuck or you get lost, you can go find yourself in the service of others. That's what you have a chance to do every day when we're in the well-being, life improvement business. Okay, this is what purpose looks like when people pay us. So let's run these th- couple of spots.
0: we going as clean as you think Aren't you glad you used Dial
1: I love the way you've decorated in here
0: Want to get away Now you can, for only $44. You are now free to move about the country.
1: Okay. All right. Um, So, thank you. Um, It's it's a side note, just in my business, when you have purpose driving your brand, it sets the creatives free because they're riding to a higher place. We're in the freedom business, and we can do a commercial like that, Want to get away? So, Final video on purpose. I get a call from a really good friend of mine about five years ago who was started out as a pharmacist at Walmart, ended up being this executive vice president of all merchandising. And he, call, he retired and he called me up and he said, Roy, he's steeped in purpose by the way. Um, believes it not only personally but also with the companies that he represented. Um, He said, I want to repay a favor. And I said, well, I didn't do anything for you, Doug. And he went, "Uh, yes, you did. He said, I used to think in black and white. And since I met you, I think in color now. And he said, I'm going to send you a video because this is what purpose sounds like. Now, you're not going to know what I mean by that until you watch the video. And when you get done, I want you to call me because this is what purpose sounds like. By the way, before I play this, can we give a hand to all the audio-visual people and all the people who do this amazing work? Don't screw this last video up. Um, This is what purpose sounds like. Let's play it and then we'll kind of wrap up. strong but
0: you needed proof you saw her waiting on the roof her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you well she tied you to a kitchen chair she broke your throne and she cut your hair and from the lips she drew the hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Maybe yeah. well, there's a God above. But all I've ever learned from love Is how to shoot somebody who oh, I drew, up. It's not a cry that you hear at night It's not somebody who's seen the line It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh
1: Called Doug back and I said I saw the video and he said well this is why that video is what purpose purpose sounds like. First of all, everyone needs to know the words to the song. Secondly, you got to listen to one another. Third, you got to stand up when it's your turn. Fourth it sounds awesome when you sing together and finally it really helps to have a good song to sing America has a good song to sing we've got to know the words again we have a good song to sing and in closing I was in New York about four years ago tough couple of days not really tough because when you go to Haiti there's nothing tough but I thought it was And I kept flipping the channels, and it kept going to that that cable network for some reason. You know the one, the Nancy Grace one? She's yelling at me, and I haven't done shit. She's yelling at me, I haven't done anything. And she's yelling at me. I'm just in the hotel. You know that show where every mom's bad, and every dad's bad, and every dog's bad, and every uncle's bad? I didn't buy it. So I decided to walk across America. You can see the, the logic there. <laughs> but with a little caveat of taking a picture of something good every mile. I practiced. I went home to tell my wife she was gardening. I said, Mary, I've decided to walk across America. And she said, whatever. So... <laughs> So I trained for two months, put two little American flags on my backpacks, went up to New Hampshire and walked eight states, 21 miles a day, taking a picture of something good every mile. That was hard sometimes when the truck hit my... Anyway, uh, <laughs> seriously, but it, my beeper on my pedometer... By the way, you need to walk at least 10 to 12 thousand steps a day, not for your health. It's your curiosity meter. It's your curiosity meter. So here's what I now know. My mom used to read this thing called two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. And long I stood and looked down one and I had no idea what she was talking about. There are these two roads and you can't travel both and whatever. I get it now. There are two roads, and you can't travel both. And you become what you look for in life. On one road, if you're looking for enemies, you'll find them. If you're looking for hate, it'll live inside your heart. If you're looking for gossip, it will consume you. And if you're looking for fear, it'll follow you. But on the other road... If you're looking for friends, you'll be befriended. And if you're looking for love, it'll lift you up. If you're looking for the truth, it will set you free. And if you're looking for hope, it'll take you straight to higher ground. We can live on that road in business. We can look for friends and love and truth and hope. And in the process, you lift everybody else up. But mostly, you lift yourself up when your purpose is about getting lost in the service of others. So I wish you Godspeed, a purpose-inspired life. I love your culture. I love this tribe. Uh, Go forth. Thank you.